Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Did I ever anticipate being in a show where we are tessering through time and space? No. And that's Showbiz Kid. Oh my God, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Oh my God, guys. Jake Jake has a podcast. podcast. I can't believe Jake Jake has a podcast. podcast. Oh my God, Jake has a podcast. What's up, everybody? My name is Jake Workman, and this is Oh My Pod, you guys, a musical theater and pop culture podcast. You guys, this week we are diving head first into the Broadway World Recap because, y'all, there is a lot to talk about this week. We've obviously been seeing a lot of updates and news about the writer's strike in Hollywood, and now, you know, SAG-AFTRA has joined them in their strike. And this week, we had a moment where it looked like IATSE was also going to go on strike and put a pause on Broadway as they struggled with negotiations between the Broadway League and Disney and their union. And while I absolutely would have stood with all of my friends who are IATSE members, if it had come to a strike, I'm very pleased to report that they have come to a tentative agreement, so Broadway does not need to go on pause. Hooray. The writer's strike and the sag after strike, though, have obviously affected production for many, many TV, I mean, all TV and film gigs at the moment. Um, (laughs) And it's funny to me that most notably we are seeing yet another delay in the premiere of the Wicked movie. Heaven forbid we have to wait another three months so that we can see Cynthia and Ariana. But for realsies, the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers need to get their shit together and figure it out. Pay these people. Next, you guys, in a bit of sad news, I have to share that this week we lost an absolute icon of the music industry, Mr. Tony Bennett, at the age of 96. Tony Bennett obviously had an incredible career, and I'm so glad that later on in his life, he was reintroduced to a new generation of music lovers by people like Lady Gaga, and he was able to make music well into his 90s. Um, So rest in peace, Mr. Tony Bennett. You will absolutely be missed. Next, you guys, it was just announced that the new musical How to Dance in Ohio is transferring to Broadway this fall. And I'm especially excited about this one because my new pal, Mr. Martin Sola, is going to be in the show, and he is here working on Wrinkle in Time with me at the New York Stage and Film Festival. 
This show is going to be amazing, you guys. It features seven autistic performers playing the central roles in this group of young autistic adults who are gearing up for a spring dance. And I just think it's going to be absolutely amazing. It's so new and relevant and fresh. And I, I'm just thrilled that they are featuring people on the spectrum. So more updates on that show to come. Next, you guys, we have to talk about the casting announcement for not one, but two incredible ladies going into the Broadway production of Town. You guys, Betty Who is joining the cast as Persephone, and none other than Broadway diva, Miss Solea Pfeiffer, is joining the show as Eurydice. Y'all, I mean, this show is so, so beautiful, but the fact that they are going to take these two incredible performers and add them into this already existing, just beautiful world, I cannot tell you how excited I am to run to the Walter Kerr and see this show again. And lastly, you guys, complete casting was announced for Stephen Sondheim's final musical, Here We Are, which is going to play at The Shed. The show is going to star Francois Batiste, David Hyde Pierce, Michaela Diamond, Amber Gray, and many more incredible artists. And I just can't even imagine how thrilled they all are to get to work on, you know, a new piece of art, but also the last piece of art that this icon of the theater created. This lineup of performers is obviously amazing, so I cannot wait to hear it. I can't wait to see this show, and congrats to everybody involved. And you guys, this has been the Broadway World Recap. Oh my pod, you guys. I am so excited to welcome my next guest to the show. She is a Tony-nominated actress, a new mother, and an absolute dream of a person. Please welcome Miss Kanita Miller. Ah, uh, <laughs> Jake. Oh, uh. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh you my know, God. Thanks for asking me to be here with you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Can you tell the listeners where you're calling from? I am calling from Poughkeepsie, New York right now, Marist <laughs> College. We are at um, the New York Stage and Film Festival right now. We're both performing in it. And uh, yeah, he has now got another extended family member who he will not be able to get rid of. So yes. <laughs> and yes. I would never want to leave you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to talk to you. But um, first, I'd love to hear how you got involved with the New York Station Film Festival. That's how we got to meet. And I'm so, so grateful that we did. Um, and we are working on this incredible piece of theater, A Wrinkle in Time, an adaptation of yes. this book. Um, and I was so lucky to have our fellow cast member, Mr. Robbie Hager on the podcast as well. And so <laughs> we got yeah. to talk about it. But um, what was your road to A Wrinkle in Time? Had you worked with any of the creatives or did you have any affiliation with the story or anything like that? Yeah, no, I've never been a part of this project. Um, I've been a big fan of the book um, as a as a younger person. And then also, like, when I was doing Once in this Island, uh, one of my sisters in the show, she was introducing it to her son. And then we both kind of, you know, got a kick off of that and reread it again. So it was kind of, kind of fresh in the ether for me. Um, 
and Heather Christian and I had done uh, this this performance of a show called Parable of the Sower, and I fell in love with her as an actress and as a singer. And you know, I'm kind of late to the game getting to know her as a composer, but um, yeah, she is is like she writes medicine. I think you know, she sure um, medicine medicine music. So I've been a fan, and and so I think from my love throwing my love up for for that person. Um, you know, that kind of the synchronicity kind of lined up and, and it brought me here. Um, yeah. So, so I was kind of just, they reached out and said they were looking for this, this role, still trying to fill this, this one role. And I said, well, yes. When I saw her name and Lee, I have to say, um, Lee, I have been a, a big fan of her as a choreographer. So um, to now see it be in the room with her as a director just feels like, Yes, yes, you know, kismet again and and kind of throwing that in the universe wanting to be in the in the room with some unicorns and that's what I'm getting the opportunity <laughs> to do. You being one of those unicorns. Oh, uh, please. Let's talk about this voice for a second. Let's throw it to you. <laughs> you know. Oh my god, you I'm are about to way Ursula. Too kind. I'm about Look, I'm about to Ursula your joint, you know. <laughs> yeah, that throat. That throat is magic. It's magic. <laughs> well, that means so much coming from you because you are just so incredible to watch and to Aww. listen to. And um, I'm so glad that we got to meet. I mean, I I must say this project was one that I didn't really know, uh, like how it was going to go. I had never done this festival before. I had read the book, but I was not familiar with, um, you know, Lauren Yee's writing, who is the book mm -hmm. writer. Um, and right. I had very briefly gotten to know um, Heather just through auditions for another project of hers. Um, but so to see it come to life so beautifully with, you know, you and, and Katie Thompson and Katrina Lank as the misses is so beautiful. And to, um, to be led by these incredible, like brilliant women is so mm -hmm. exciting and refreshing. It's like, I don't think I've ever been in such, in a room that was so just like, empowered on a female energy level it's really yeah. really exciting and it has offered just such beautiful insight into a story like this and you know where the protagonist is a young woman um yes what have you felt about being led by you know lee sunday evans and and heather christian and then having the book writer be lauren yee all of these incredible women how does that sort of inform your process or how you would approach taking on a role like this um, you know, I have to say something that, that I, I, I hate to use the word like uh, a creative safe space, but that's what it is, you know, and the reason I feel like, you know, it just gets like tricky language, you know, I don't want to give power to, I don't want to give any more power to triggers and, you know, all of the, that, you know, that source that we tend to live in. Um, mm -hmm. But I have to say, I did notice that uh the whole rehearsal process i mean from day one the warmth in the room um i think it i think you know what, what do they say um something is only as great as as the head or what what is be, what it's being led by and we have this kind of trinity of these this three athenas i think i yeah, would say absolutely. you know three athenas like three warriors um and you know, I I think even though we do theater, we do need that leadership because, and I say even though we do theater, it's like we we have the job of like 
telling stories and costumes, but the deeper layer of that is we show reflections of humanity and, um, and reminders of ourselves. And so this piece, you know, wrinkle it in time, kind of holding all of that substance and these three women holding all of that substance Absolutely. is just kind of, is, 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 um, it's spoiling, it's spoiling, you know, <laughs> and I, and I, I hope that I'm hope I'm being articulate because it does make me very excited and, and, um, and I feel very passionate about supporting, um, especially more female direct, uh, right, directors and, and, uh, and Lauren Yee being, um, uh, an Asian woman, you know, um, and not being just stuck to writing stories about her experience, like, you know, about, I just, I, I'm, I'm for it and I want to be in the room with that. You know? Yes. A hundred percent. I, I have loved it so much and I'm so grateful that, you know, we all as this group get to sort of work on it together. And, um, I even had a moment today in rehearsal when, um, you know, because we're, it's a workshop. So we are getting new pages. Things are being added. Things are being cut. Lots of things are thrown at us all the time. But today we had this beautiful moment where we had received new pages and, you know, we were all like sort of flustered and putting things into our books. And then we finally reached a moment of like just lovely stillness where, um, there was a scene being read and it was just so beautiful. And I was like, wow, even in like the chaos and like, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to know where I'm going. I have to know what's coming up, like whatever, you know, trying to learn a new show. There are such beautiful moments um, that, you know, Lauren has created and, and has, how she sort of puts it. She like lifts things from the original text of the book and adds oh. them into this musical. It's just so exciting. So I'm so thrilled yeah. to be here. I can't believe we get to do it together. <laughs> Me too, Jay. You know, and and I really would love to like. It is it's a teaser because it's such an epic piece that they've written. You know, um, you just wish you had more time to keep, you know, getting getting in your skin. You know, especially know. that the music, the music. You know, like uh, that that flying is it flying to pinnacle? Yeah, flying to the pinnacle. Yes, to the pinnacle. Yeah, that one right there. Wait a minute, like girl, it just. It, it sweeps you up. It sweeps you up. <laughs> yes. you know? So, yeah. Well, you touched on this a little bit, but um, I would love to hear your perspective on um, what it means to work on pieces that are much more about telling your own experience versus, mm -hmm. you know, a more like general whimsical story. Lauren Yee, being an Asian woman and writing this book, um, for the show, you know, could have taken things in any which way, any direction. Um, and we have a lovely, a, a woman of Asian descent, Mia Pak, who is, um, mm -hmm. our lead character, but, um, mm -hmm. it, the, the story does not comment on the ethnicity of any of the characters. Um, and I'd love to hear maybe your thoughts on the differences between telling a story like this and working on a show like The Color Purple, where it is about blackness and how your blackness is perceived by others and how you perceive your own blackness. Like how does that um, influence how you take on a role? Ooh, beautiful question. Um, and I'm going to try to be articulate. Uh, I, I think both are important. Both experiences are extremely important. Um, you know, it's, it's such an interesting 
journey to be on as a black actress um, and have experienced, you know, book writers who are not of my culture Mm -hmm. (laughs) writing for us and then also have have somebody who is is black writing the story and both I think are beautiful learning experiences you know um one is is teaches has taught me how to be vocal in a room um uh and and to be very responsible or trying to be responsible and uh responsible and help the nurturing of the story that's being told through somebody's somebody else's perspective and their kind of interpretation. Um, I, I feel like exercising one voice, one's voice in these spaces can can be very daunting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's one thing to be vulnerable uh, as an artist, but then also to be vulnerable about your personal experience. Um, like we talk about the safe spaces again and things being triggering. Some yeah. most times, most times it's not a safe space. Even if you're asked what your opinion is or what your experience is, you are not always met with openness and um, understanding. You're still met with judgment or, you know, yeah, so many different things or just lack of understanding because it's not your experience. Yeah. Um. So that can be a hard thing to navigate, but it, it's it's something that's a must you know and so i feel like there have been times where i have failed at that in the room i have failed at it at using my voice when it when it was necessary um and then there have been times when i felt like i've been very successful you know so i think the practice of that is is important you know um and so i I try not to run away from those experiences if that makes Mm -hmm. sense yeah um but then also i think the, the 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 most important thing to me um, is because we do show reflections of humanity, regardless of of who's written the piece. You know that that is the most important thing, is the reflection we're showing. So it's it. Okay, I guess this is what I'm gonna say. What we do in theater, what we do in theater is like a micro version of the macro, right? Mm-hmm. So these conversations or exercises of like conversations we're trying to have on a bigger scale. So I don't want to run away from them. And, and ultimately what we are doing is trying to show reflections of humanity. So that is the thing that I think is most important. And I'm going to always go back to base with that, if that makes any sense. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I'm talking myself into it, into a rabbit hole. No, you know, no. It's, a, it's, it's such a big question. It's such a big question. It is, know? of course. I'm like um, putting the weight of the world on your shoulders. I'm like, Kanita, no. after a long day of rehearsal, please tell me what the meaning of life is. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, my blackness, you know, is is just just a part of what makes up me. There's so much more. So I have to bring the full spectrum of, of me to whatever that is, you totally. know. Um, if anything, I feel like it's maybe just some icing. Yeah. <laughs> it's the icing. <laughs> right. That's what I'm gonna say. Yes. You know? Um Well and I think there's an interesting yeah. there's an interesting point there of like the the sort of um quote unquote baseline or like expectation of like white stories being told is just it's it's in the text. It's inherent. If these characters are white, mm-hmm. nobody's gonna talk about it because that's not mm-hmm. anything. And so then when there are black stories being told 
it there's a, a line I think that can be sort of crossed where it uh, becomes more like commentary on it as opposed to just like these are black actors these are black characters we don't need to yeah. we don't need to talk about like the black trauma the black struggle like any of yes. that it, 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 there are yeah. there's so many more stories about black people than just right that. the caricatures the caricatures and like you know the stereotypes yeah right yeah you know and in that in that respect i do feel like our voices in the room even if if um the writer is not one of us you know i think is important you know mm-hmm. um but i am i'm i feel like me personally and i may get poo-pooed on this but i do feel like everybody if you have something that you want to get out and write do it but with 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 that respect you know yeah have the voice voices of those who you're writing for in the room you know that's how i feel absolutely yeah well i of course cannot wait to ask you about your uh performance as lady in red in for colored girls for which Mm. you were nominated for a tony crazy crazy but first (laughs) i would love to hear about your upbringing because i think that so many of us as artists and performers um what we learned when we were young really informs the way that we take on and create art. And um, Mm. I would just love to hear if you, if you um, had like a theater background, like an upbringing in the arts, was your family very musical or, I mean, you are not just, you know, a musical theater performer. You have done TV and film and you have done straight plays clearly, but um, you have just such a beautiful instrument and I've loved to get to hear it all, all this time Mm -hmm. throughout rehearsal. So um, where did that come from? Uh, Well, coming from you, that's a big, big compliment. So thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Cause you have, you're a master of your instrument. Um, uh, well, you. you know, nobody is really, um, musical. I, well, that's not true. My dad like plays instruments. He was in a marching band, but there's no singers, um, that I know of, uh, in my family. Nobody's was really involved in theater. So I got kind of introduced to theater later in high school. Um, I mean, I did, I did like dabbled in some show tunes and stuff, but as far as like jumping into my first show musical, that wasn't until high school. Um, and, uh, I would say my, I guess a big part of my upbringing was the church, um, singing in, in, in church at like, since I could speak. Um, so that was the first, as far as my into like music. Um, and then going to school, you know, singing in the choirs and I had these, beautiful angel teachers who kind of were like she's very dramatic <laughs> and <laughs> and um and my parents had put me in dance classes um but they kind of put things together and said put her in voice classes we're going to expose her to as much theater as we can and um you know they yeah so so my first musical really that I was introduced to <laughs> was once on this island yes! you know you know, like, um, I think that it really like hit me what musical theater was and that I could be in it. I had seen like um, musical movies, like, you know, all of the Fred Astaire and all that, but I didn't, I really, and, and no tiny violin, but I didn't see myself in that, you mm-hmm. know? And so I just didn't put two and two together as something that like I could put all three of these things that I love doing together as something I could do for myself in life, you know? Right, and um, let alone so thank- as a career. 
as a career, you know? Um, I thought I was just gonna be like like a, a jazz vocalist or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm very grateful to those teachers. So um, yeah, they, I, once, once I left high school, you know, AMDA, American Musical uh, Dramatic Academy was my kind of in to getting into New York. Um, mm-hmm. I was the only place giving me scholarship money, honestly, because um, I tried, I wanted to go to NYU, wanted to go to Juilliard, all those, but that just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so that that's kind of, I, I, I didn't really do communi- community theater, um, but yeah, Once on this Island kind of came full circle for me, but that was my first, my first uh, high school, yes, I, I think, Senior year, senior year. Wow. Um, yeah. And then yeah, you really crazy, did crazy. get that incredible full circle moment of getting to do yeah. it on Broadway. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But but I feel like a bad a bad like or like a, like a late bloomer in theater because I just you know growing you know now going and seeing like everybody's grown up in community co- uh, community theater and uh, you know, all of these, I just, I felt like, you know, kind of imposter, <laughs> you know, sure. an imposter in it, but yeah, glad that, glad that I found my home in it. It's been wow. very healing. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me about your road to your first Broadway show. Was your Broadway debut in the color purple? It was, yeah. Um, wow. My first professional show was um, uh, Lincoln Center. Uh, I did Dessa Rose, um, and I was uh, covering and standing by for Lashans. And um, she, would, while doing that that show, she asked me. She said, "You know, they're still looking for somebody to be a standby for me. Would you like a referral?" And I said, "Oh, yeah." Uh, yes, I would. I surely would. She, Thank you. You know, yeah. <laughs> but but just to say, like, she was that generous to kind of follow through and, and really give me my first, you know, Broadway experience. And wow. when I tell you, it was terrifying. But like, yeah, still to say that is, is like a dream because hmm, it was LaShawn's and my first musical was Once on this Island. So it, like, again, another like, you know, I guess you cast something out into the universe and you never know, you never know. But yeah, she ended up being, being very um, instrumental in, in me getting that first experience. So I'm all forever grateful to that queen. That's amazing. And you got the opportunity Mm -hmm. to um, take over the role of Celie at, at some point in the run. Yeah. Right before Fantasia um, came in, I was there for about three months so I did did get to hold the role for a bit. Wow. Which was, yeah. All equally terrifying. <laughs> so how do you do something that um, demanding as a performer for that long, eight shows a week? How do you sustain not only the vocal stamina and like your physical health and everything, but also just like the emotional um, integrity? Are you able to sort of leave it at the theater and do your own thing during the day? Hmm. I think that was my learning experience. I definitely was not able to <laughs> put it away sometimes. Mm. I mean, um, which I think if I'll be completely honest, you know, and I, cause I, I just, I'm not a person that can easily hide things. Um, but I think everybody who experienced that with me, they saw, saw my terror, you know, and me learning through all of that. But it was, it was a lot of things that that show specifically echoed and and my own life in a way to say that I just was opening up to like 
how how much that could affect me like it just all felt like kind of um sucker punches you know and and uh, who was it? I believe it was maybe Angela Robinson who was playing. She was a cover for Suge, but she was like, this is where you learn how to like, you learn what you have to do to protect the heart. She was like, because you're one of those who's going to want to try to go into it, you know, mm-hmm. like, like give yourself into it. Um, and I, and, but she was like, but if you're going to do that, then you really have to learn what it means to protect yourself. And I don't think that whole experience, I ever learned that not until afterwards, you know, wow. um, yeah, not until afterwards. Um, like, learn how not to use certain things. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. certain things you have to keep for for, for something else. Because you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, so yeah, it was learning ground. Learning like very clumsily, <laughs> very clumsily. <laughs> That's the you best know? way to learn. Yeah, but I do think it was. Um, after I do feel like I did feel empowered afterwards. You know, I didn't. Um, leave years later like with all this trauma like I I did find a way but it wasn't dealing with it like having to face the things that it brought up which makes me want to also share that um I think that's part of why I do theater um like I said I feel like I feel like an imposter as far as like being a theater nerd and knowing all these shows but I always feel like I end up in, in heart pieces that are selfishly healing for me, mm-hmm. you know, in some way. So, um, so I kind of just try to listen to that and go with it and learn from it, and and that w- that's what kind of helps me get out of certain things, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's I don't see it as selfish at all in thinking of mm-hmm. um, using a piece of art and a piece of work that you sort of pour yourself into to to help heal or to help grow and learn. I mean, I think that's like, it's such a beautiful like give and take because it really informs the art that then is going to be taken in by an audience. You know, I mean, like Mm. if you don't have that, that connection to a piece or the want, you know, to grow Mm. and learn through a piece of art, then it, it reads, it doesn't, you know, it's different for an audience um, when they take it in. But I love that you, your career has sort of spanned, you know, these, like how you said, like these heart shows, these big, like heavy hitter, like very important pieces of art. And then you go on to do something like Xanadu, which is absolutely (laughs) amazing and hilarious. I have been a huge fan of Xanadu forever. I did it in high school. (laughs) Hey, <laughs> yes. who are you? I was Terpsichore, Muse of Dance. I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yes. It was ridiculous and hilarious. And <laughs> I loved yeah. it so much. But um, can you tell me what what was your road to that show? What was it like to switch from something so <laughs> deep and, you know, sort of like crazy emotional to then get to do something so fun? Oh, you know, that one, um, I have to say, like, it was a surprise, just the whole journey of that one. One, I mean, the thing that got me was the the roller skating and the audition, you know. <laughs> I can't even imagine. <laughs> that part, like, had, had the nerve to lie about it, like, lie that I could skate, you know. I had not skated since I was, like, eight years old. And, um, you know, they were talking about, okay, trick now. And I was like, I can't shoot anybody's deck. I can give you a forwards and maybe a slight roll backwards. And that's about it. You know, um, 
but luckily, you know, um, you didn't have to be that great of a skater. And, and uh, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I was like, oh, how, how long is this going to be open? Because the movie, I mean, I love, like, I love bad, like, cult classic Yes. horror and yes. and like music like musical theater anything vintage you know i love that cult classic and and xanadu is one of those come on olivia newton john you know yes. and like and um and and um not and gene kelly come mm-hmm. on gene kelly <laughs> on roller skates <laughs> yes. you know but i was like but we're gonna be open for two weeks you know <laughs> and and it was like it was like a sleeper hit and and even like the more that the rehearsals opened up Talk about like goodness, and that was another spoiling room. Goodness in the room, and like a surprise heart piece, like a like a, a sneaker, like a mm-hmm. you know um, heart piece, you know, because it's it's about love through art, you know, and and I, you know I just thought it was just very cleverly um, um, kind of rejuged by Douglas Carter Bean, you know, yeah. and 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 ended up now like I still that's extended family. From forever. I mean, I still talk to Andre and Curtis and you know Patty and and everybody. So yeah, yeah, that was that was a beautiful moment. Yeah. And you understudied Kira, if I'm not mistaken. So did you ever get to go on for Miss? Oh yeah, (laughs) and I got to I got to puck it up with Cheyenne Jack. Yes, you did. Oh my (laughs) god. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was. Terrifying as well, you know, terrifying. You know, it's one thing to be like an understudy and like be just thrown on, you know, but then to do it on roller skates and you just have to do that one time because Kira skates the whole show. Right. And you don't get to practice that that joint, you know, uh-huh. not like that. So, so that was like, yeah, yeah, just... And riding unicorns, but it was it was off. It was it was awesome. It was awesome. I got to go on twice, you know, and um, and that's another one. It was like, you know, um, I, I feel like they were setting a precedent that doesn't get really spoken about as far as you know. They had a mural spray painted on, and there is this, uh, you know, blonde haired, blue eyed woman, you know, playing Kira. Right. And that day, uh, somebody blonde hair and blue eye did not pop out of that, you know? <laughs> and so I'm kind of like, yes to them, you know? Um, because that, 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 that being could be anybody, could be anybody, you know? And, and I just I was very excited to be a part, a part of that and given the opportunity to, uh, to, to play her, you know, ride that unicorn. Yes, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. And, and yeah. sort of groundbreaking. Like, I just cool. think to, to sort of make a subliminal statement like that in a show that otherwise is not necessarily saying a lot <laughs> is really cool and, and uh-huh. like exciting. Well, I want to <laughs> ask you about sort of how it feels to receive accolades because you have been nominated for many incredible things, um, including a Tony award for, for colored girls. And Mm -hmm. I would love to hear sort of what, what it feels like to pour yourself into something so deeply and then have it sort of recognized so publicly or, or in such a big way with um you know actual like awards or or recognition Hmm. oh this is another one where i'm like oh jake 
you know you can tell me anything your secret is safe with me on the <laughs> podcast for all to hear you know i feel like awards are so tricky you want that thing so damn bad you mm-hmm. know you want it so bad you fight for it so hard you know and and i don't want to sound ungrateful i think that's the thing yeah um because it is like ultimately it's recognition for hopefully hopefully it's recognition for your work Mm-hmm. And it's not politics, right? Because, because that is it's is a thing. Sure, you is. know. And I'm not one who plays those games well. You know, um, I try to do the social media thing. I try to, you know, do all that that stuff. But I feel like it can be a, all of the all of the things, the accolades, awards, all of those things can be a little disillusioning. And and mm-hmm. um and and. I really, I really enjoy the challenge of the craft. And if those nominations were really about the craft and not feeling some quotient or like, you know, um, mm-hmm. if it's really about the craft, then like my heart is overjoyed and that feels good. But then there's also like the dark side of it that feels like you have to then keep, keep up this appearance of, oh, then like, after you're nominated, you you have to I have to see you in like I better see you in a movie right. immediately. Right. I see you in all these, you know. So what you doing? That question uh-huh. becomes so heavy. So what's next you for know? you? Yeah. Yeah, and that's it becomes, some bullshit. Oh, it becomes yeah, it becomes a little bit like more extra than it already was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. And so so I I um and because I care, you know, and I'm still working on on not caring so much about people's perception of me. Sure, you know, I think we um, all are. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really really trying to work on that. Um, I will take I'll take up that um, that little challenge that like challenge of of <laughs> like just like not absorbing that and really letting that question come and being okay with saying right now I'm being a mama. Yes. You know, I'm being a mama who's trying to figure out how to balance um, work and trying to maintain work and trying to like now with the nomination, like trying to to now um, kind of expand, you know, what I can do and balance not like all of the things like I'm just taking that journey, you know, and that's all and that's all I got for you, yes. <laughs> you know, yes. um, and 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 the times that I can really do that, it feels good. It feels really good. And then when those times that I, I feel like sucker punched by that question, you know? Yeah. Quite honestly. Absolutely. Um, but but ultimately, what, what I hold in my heart is it has always been a dream to get a nomination. And I did. And I did, you know? And, and I am so grateful to the universe to be able to experience that, you know? And then now I'm, I'm, I put out there, you know, what else am I supposed to learn from that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and how am I supposed to, and what am I supposed to like? Yeah. Now, now what really, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So other yeah. than the actual, you know, Tony nomination for that show, what was it like to get that show to Broadway? It was, it was a, an, a, a beautiful <laughs> and also a very challenging ride, you know, um, one, you know, it just, it was not an easy role to jump into. Mm-hmm. I had to find her. Talk about like, 
thank you color purple for you know kind of like lumbering my way through that yes um, because it, I, I do feel like it did give me armor to figure out how to not use certain things um and to know what the goal was because it wasn't like you know lady in red has this big tra- uh, traumatic and like um just heavy monologue you know and that's an understatement um but for me it, that could not be the ending it could not it couldn't be like that's it like it has to be about that last line which is i found god in myself and i loved her i loved her fiercely that has to be what like the thing that i end with you mm. know mm-hmm. um and also because you know because i was carrying um my baby i was carrying nova all the way up to term like nine months pregnant and i it was very like you know um oh making me a little emotional <laughs> very sensitive about uh not using her not being not knowing like really the depth of what that what she would be experiencing yeah you know while while carrying so making sure that whatever i'm using does not take me so far off that she's absorbing something like that that is associated with her sure you wow. know what i'm saying sort of like a yeah. like a pre like trauma or like a right yeah, yeah. instilling yeah. something in her like biologically right. yeah and i'll tell you i even talked to <laughs> i talked to my therapist about it because mm-hmm. i was like i am even aside from doing theater like you're very hormonal you know going through that and i was like i'm afraid like the times that i just really feel low and i'm you know she's, she's absorbing that and she goes what are you making? You're making a human being who is going to have a range of emotions. And so um, she'll, she'll experience all of those herself. So you don't have to try to like, you know, guard that or protect it. She's going to experience those. So that also made me feel like a little bit safer and, and have a little bit more tools to navigate, you know, the emotional journey of that um, while carrying her. But it was, it was something else um, to try to find my way through there in like the workshop and and all of that. I think it I didn't find it I don't think I found it until we really got into the Broadway run, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, it just took me took me some footing. But yeah, I and I still knock on wood, I really do hope I I paid honor to whoever Entezake was sourcing from and writing that rule. I just really, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. have a question too about um when you sort of became pregnant and then when you reached a point in your pregnancy, when you were able to share it publicly, um, did you have to have a conversation with, you know, producers or company management or, or someone in the building <laughs> to be like, Hey, I love being in the show, but I'm about to have a baby now. So things are going to shift. Yeah. Like, what was that conversation like? Oh, oh, <laughs> it was, it was, there were a lot of conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, I would say ultimately, um, and the ones that I would only want to hold and, and, you know, keep in my, in my memory mm-hmm. <laughs> even, um, was when I found out that I was pregnant, I was going into the very last workshop before. And um, it was like a week before their workshop and I think at first I was like let me just not say anything because it was still in that like tender you know I hadn't even told my family yet you know right um but and my agents were like yeah don't say anything you just kind of want to you know kind of keep this 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 hush for a minute and but Camille who Camille A. Brown who was 
the director, um, she and I had had history and that's like a sister to me, you know? And so I got, got to a point where I was like, we were starting to do some certain choreography and I was like, ooh, I might need to let her know for more than one reason, you know, one, so there's no liability and one, cause I need, I need somebody looking out for me right. as far as this go. And then, and then ultimately going on further, like I would not want to put her in the position <laughs> in any kind of awkward position. It's like, I, I wouldn't want to burn any bridge with her cause I have so much love for her. Um, and so I did have a conversation with her um, during that workshop saying, this is, this is how I, you know, what I'm, what I'm, what's happening. Right. <laughs> and, and I did say to her, but I think I can do it. I said, I think I can do it. I think there is one, uh, like physically a safe way. And I said, only if my doctors say, and I was like, so just hear me out, you mm -hmm. know, cause, cause she was immediately like, oh, you know, not immediately like, no, but I don't think it was like an immediate thought for her to be like, let's, okay, let's do it. What let's do you feel do about doing it? I think right. she was like, oh, you're going to need to want to take that time. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I think this could be one. I've always wanted, like, I wanted to be pregnant for so long, but I've also wanted to be pregnant and still be a creative. Um, so I was like, I, and I, I'm just thinking like what this could mean, you know, um, on so many levels, you know? And so we had many conversations, many conversations, like, with her, my doctors, and then the producers, and then everybody. And then like, just to make sure that this is something that is really a safe thing to do. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, and even personally, I kind of <laughs> always kind of had this, like, should I, you know, and I, and if, and I ultimately put up in the universe, if this is not supposed to be, then, then stop it. If there's anything that's not safe about it, Mm -hmm. then just don't let me go forward with it. But if there is something that should become, should come out of this, that could be empowering for on so many levels and just, you know, door opening and, and to be able to celebrate a pregnant body, like yes, the way that we absolutely. all got here, you know, um, it's cause you know, usually it's like you, you, you're trying to mask of and course. not show, you know, cause women, you know, pregnant women, Audra, come on, Audra's done it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> Look, was kicking, kicking her face, kicking her face, six months pregnant. You exactly. Know? Um, but but the the character was not pregnant, so had mm -hmm. to to mask it. So to be able to celebrate it, you know, I think was just just um, yeah. I, I'll I'll be proud, and I'll, I'll it's like ground, groundbreaking. I think you know yeah, it really and is. um and then and then to to see like. 1776 uh, had a pregnant woman that they mm -hmm. were not trying to hide. And then right. I think so many, some, some others, you know, and I'm like, yeah, cause, cause we also need to work. Like it wasn't like out of, Ooh, you know, just let this, let us do the spectacle. It's like, no, mama needs to work. Like the baby's coming. <laughs> mama needs a job. You know? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, yes. um, wow, so that yeah, is so, so it was, I was, yeah, so kudos to, to Camille A. Brown for, like, being courageous and brave and also, like, for standing by me, you know, and, I mean, and this, yeah. Not for nothing, kudos to you for taking it yeah. on so beautifully. Obviously, like, all the accolades and everything came and went and, like, you then got, I would say, is, like, the best gift ever out of it, which is your beautiful mm -hmm. daughter, 
what is it yeah. like now to to perform as a mom? Has it changed the way that you have taken things on? I am still still figuring that out. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, even now, feels- if I can share with the listeners, you are here yeah. at this workshop doing this incredible new piece of art, and your partner and your beautiful baby are here so that you can do this. I mean, I, I think that yeah. is so incredible and I have such respect yeah. for you and your, yeah. your team of people who are oh. helping you, you know, raise a baby and make this show happen. It's so incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say like, you know, I, one, I'm, I'm grateful for this space because they've been very um, generous with allowing uh, my family to be here because I'm not there yet with letting like just, you know. I need this. I, oh. I, I wanted her for so young, for so long. Of course, you know. You're like and, I'm not letting that girl out of my sight. Thank you. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love my baby. I love my time, and she is like somebody's inflating her every day, and I am trying to absorb every bit of it. Oh. I'm trying to absorb it all, Jake. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I get like. I, I'm fighting for the best of both worlds and like both of my loves, which is like being this, in this creative space with you all and then being in this space with this person, this, this young being, yes. you know, and watching her absorb everything and, and her absorb her being in this, in these creative spaces. Like, you know, she, she definitely was in the womb. Like she, she came out with, rhythm she came out with a <laughs> like singing on pitch you know yes. she got a, she got better pitch than me <laughs> you know truly <laughs> and um and so so yeah i'm still trying to figure out how to navigate um you know my hormones <laughs> and yes. and needing this bond needing to have this this proximity to her and um and then also like what it's what it's informing as far as you know um this me being an artist mommy you know um Uh and and just the lens the lens um i will share this uh a wrinkle sucker punched me the other day um and having me think about nova when we were doing the happy medium scene Uh and lee was talking about um how happy medium got upset because we the the misses are um putting on on the shoulders of these these young children to kind of save save the universe yeah in a way and we're introducing to her to these these children the concept of war you know and the cost concept of how violent we are that we can be yeah as human beings and then it's about to mess me up now Jake. (laughs) but like thinking about when i'm gonna have to have those talks yeah. And just how like the the protection meter is like is crazy now, Through like the roof, I'm you sure. know. And you th- just think like the context that having this young being now puts in, you know, puts everything in. So so the depth of that moment, you know, I was like, whoa, whoa, yeah, you know, yeah. Anyway. Well, I mean, it's so beautiful to get to watch you work on this show because it's such a lovely, the the character that you play, Mrs. Who, is so um, 
sweet and sort of just soft and and motherly and so um to know you know that you have your your sweet little baby here is so just lovely and I can't wait to see you take on you know potentially a role that is a mom or or has something you know really important to say about that because I think it it will only inform (laughs) what you do on stage you know it's crazy Jake because I feel like you know I've been before Nova was cast as mom so much. And I think it came from like wanting to be one. And so now like I am looking forward to um, being able to like, well, one, not play a mom who's like <laughs> a million years old, you know, like play a mom that's like close to my age, right. you know, um, and to be able to, yeah, like see what, what this, this now new information kind of, kind of does to things you totally. know because it like and just in life is wrecking me in the best way yeah it's just like shape-shifting everything so I, I would hope it would would inform my art in some way you know totally well before I let you go I have a yeah. series of musical theater rapid fire questions that I ask oh I guess don't worry it is not trivia these are personal <laughs> questions pertaining to you specifically are you ready I better be okay, <laughs> okay here we go Sondheim or Andrew Lloyd Webber Sondheim mm. sweatpants or jeans Sweatpants. Me too, baby. Do you Ooh. have a favorite musical? Mm. I have a few, but I would say the one that's like popped out right now is Fela. Oh, Fela. Yes. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that Bill T. Jones? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Bill T. Mm-hmm. Jones. He came to my high school and taught us this incredible masterclass, and I will forever be in awe of that entire Yeah. Experience. Yes, another unicorn. Oh, yeah. Do you have a least favorite musical? <laughs> I can't the truth say comes it. out. Yeah, it's every, every single guest who comes on the show is like, I couldn't possibly. And I'm like, whatever do you mean? I have many a least favorite musical. Ooh. <laughs> okay, Jay. Okay. I just told I just told um Adrian Walker this one and she about about wanted to 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 cut me. Um <laughs> Dream Girls. We are Dream Girls. <laughs> oh my god, iconic. Yeah. Not a fan. Not a fan. I will say, not the whole thing. I have I have you know that I definitely am like, yes, legendary, but the overall, I'm not a fan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, are you a morning person or a night owl? Mm, I am by nature a night owl, but I would say more recently because that that young person likes to get up at um, about 5, anywhere around 5 a.m., 6.30 a.m. Oh, boy. So, I'm learning to love mornings. Mm-hmm. She says, well, she it's time to play. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I love that. Yep. Um, golden age or contemporary? Contemporary. Me too. Do you have a favorite role that you have ever played? Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm, hmm. uh, <laughs> yes. I'm going to say it um, was... A mail order bride um, with a really, really big booty. 
Wow, I could say the same. <laughs> that is also my favorite role that I played. Yeah, um, yeah, come on, Jake. <laughs> coffee or tea? Oh, coffee. Same. What is the hardest show that you have ever done? Uh, for Color Girls. Fierce. Could you name all of the Broadway theaters that you've performed in? Oh, oh God. Um, I think so. Um, Helen Hayes, the, the Broadway theater, uh, Schoenfeld, um, um, Circle in the Square, um, the booth. Yes, come on. <laughs> that was trivia and you did pass. Um, <laughs> do you have a favorite costume that you've ever worn? Um, yes, the bearded lady. Yeah, <gasps> got to have like full on beard, which I was like, look, I can grow my own, okay? <laughs> if you want to give me a little stipend, I'll grow my own. If um, you want to pay me for it, I will wear my own hair. Look, here, here. And, <laughs> yeah, big old beard. I got to have big hairy pits. Like, loved it. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you ever missed an entrance? Mm, I have not, but damn close. Yes. Damn close. <laughs> Love it. Damn close a few times. <laughs> yeah. One too many to, yeah. <laughs> for comfort. Um, <laughs> do you have a dream role? Mm. Um, yes. Uh, I want to play Eartha Kitt. <gasps> oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. The way that the world will be shooketh to its core oh. when you play Eartha Kitt. You've heard it here first, look, everyone. Look, come on, come on, take come some on. good vibes. Cause yes. we're trying to, I mean, it's been uh, like, it's been a thought for maybe like some 10 years or more. And I, you know, just now I'm starting to get into the residencies, trying to write something for myself. So throw some good vibes to some follow through. Yes. Follow through. Incredible. Mm -hmm. And my last question for you, Kanita, is a question that I ask every single guest, which is what is one thing that you would tell young Kanita? Mm. Oh gosh, like one thing? <laughs> it doesn't have to be one. You could say a few things. Yeah. I would say, okay. I would say you're beautiful. <laughs> All the things. You're beautiful. Um, that uh, there is such depth in simplicity. Don't be afraid of simplicity. Um, um, mm, um, run towards your fear. Run towards your fear mm. and learn from it. Yeah. Come on. And that is such, I mean, wrinkle in time. They say you have to, <laughs> Amen. You have to get close <laughs> to it to see it and understand it so that you can fight it. Come on, yep. Kanita. Hey. <laughs> oh my God. Well, thank you so, so much for being on the podcast. You are just a dream to talk to. And I Aww. am so in awe of you. Um, do you, would you care to tell the listeners where they could find you on the interwebs and keep track yeah. of what you're doing? Yeah. I mean, please, you can, you are more than welcome to follow me on Instagram and, and Facebook. Um, and I am trying to be better about sharing, you know, um, you know, whatever I get to be involved in and, and whatever I put out there, because uh, I could definitely, I would love the support. Um, yes. 
Yeah, you know, we love the support and I just would love to share. So yeah, we're working on the website. So to be, to be, <laughs> to be seen still. Stay tuned um, for the website. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> well, Kanita, you are such a delight. I adore you and Aww, I, I just thank likewise. you so, so much. Thank you for doing Aww, this. Thanks for having me, Jake, please. <laughs> You guys, that's it for another episode of Oh My Pod, you guys. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to the pod. And you can follow the show on Instagram at Oh My Pod, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Talk soon. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.